Welcome to the Coaches Social Podcast. We are your hosts, Justin Raby and Shane Garner. And today, across the table from us is Mr. Bob Pankey. And we're glad to have Bob with us um, to talk all things Fellowship of Christian Athletes and uh, really give a, a good deep dive into what FCA is, where we're going, what we're about, and how we're doing that. Um, so thanks for sitting down with us today, Bob. Yeah, my pleasure. I'm, I'm glad you guys asked me to do it. So Bob is the Illinois State Director for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and uh, he's kind of leading the charge of where Illinois FCA is going and how we're going about that and the way that the ministry is growing. So we wanted to sit down and, and really give a good overview of really what FCA is all about. So um, if you don't mind, Bob, go ahead and just take a quick minute and maybe give a little background of who you are, um, how you've come to FCA and your, your kind of your journey there and stuff like that. And then we'll just uh, we'll just roll with it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I come from 20 years of church ministry. That was kind of my, my start in ministry and at uh, Whittington Church in Southern Illinois and, and was an associate pastor there for a, in a couple of decades. And during that time, I had a real interesting dynamic that took place. We could talk more about this as the, the conversation goes on, but I had an opportunity to um, join the, the high school football coaching staff at Benton High School as an assistant football coach. And um, that was in, involved with coaching high school football for a number of years, eventually became the head football coach uh, at Benton High School. So it was an interesting dynamic. I was a, a, a local pastor. I was not a faculty member or teacher at the high school, but also was the head football coach. That's a little different. My church was very gracious to allow me to be able to do that. They saw it as a ministry opportunity just like I did. And so Anyway, my, my for, for a period of years there, was very involved in, in pastoral ministry, but also as a high school coach. Um, and all along the way, uh, really during that entire 20-year period, I was the huddle coach, the FCA huddle coach at Benton High School, and was very connected to FCA all along the way. Was served on some local FCA boards and helped put on some events and some of those kind of things. So I was about as connected to FCA as you could get without being on staff with FCA. So I was very, very aware of, of well, I thought anyway, was very aware of what FCA was and what, what the organization was trying to do and all that. So anyway, all of that along the way had the opportunity in the fall of 2017 um, to transition to a full-time staff role with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And so at that time, I um, st stepped away from coaching completely and transitioned with my church a little bit and um, have been on staff with FCA ever since. And um, it's been uh, – it's been one of the greatest blessings of my life. I've enjoyed every season of life that I've been involved in. I've told people all the time, if I weren't on staff with FCA, I really feel like I'd still be pastoring and coaching. I mean, I, I, I loved it. I enjoyed it. I wasn't, there wasn't any logical reason to step away from it other than I felt like this was a door that God opened for me and um, I wanted to be obedient in it, you know. So that's kind of how I got to where I'm at. And then it, once I stepped into the ministry of FCA as a staff, in a staff role, I started out as the area director in Southern Illinois and then eventually had the opportunity to step into the state director role. So, um, again, that's kind of how I got to where we are today with the whole thing with FCA. You know, Bob, because when I was at Cesar Valier, you know, I had Bob come talk to our, our, our huddle and it was, you know, it was one day I asked Bob to come talk because he was our area rep and then he shows up and he's the state director. Like it was like, <laughs> boom, he's like, oh, yeah, by the way, yeah. I'm uh, stepping into this new role. But, yeah. but so let's talk about exactly you know, for those who maybe aren't, because here is, I think is interesting is I grew up in Southern Illinois my whole life. 
did not have any FCA involvement in my school. Didn't actually even really know about it. I remember Mark Kiesling came to my high school, I think maybe my sophomore or junior year, and we were going to try to start a huddle, and it just it nothing ever happened after that meeting. And then, you know, I, I go to Ren Lake College, and, and there's a guy named Michael McKee who – was coaching track at that time and now has you know is is one of our good friends and all that and and uh and coach Dave Ellingsworth you know Absolutely. and, and yeah. we had a, a huddle that met just a couple times but it was just a hey let's get together we're going to read this this devotion that that Roger Leip sends out once a week and that was kind of it and then and then I you know I transitioned to SIU and then I get involved with Roger for three years and and we have you know different things and, and then I start to understand like there's a lot more to this than I know. And and when I talk to people about FCA now, they're like, oh, is that the Bible study group? Or, oh, yeah, you guys put on a camp every summer. But that's kind of the, the end of the depth that most people think FCA is. But there's, there's so much more to it that I have learned that I learned as an athlete. But now that I'm a coach, I've really learned that, oh, wow. There is a ton of, number one, just resources for coaches, but there is a ton of support for coaches. And the mission of the entire organization is so much more than just, hey, let's just have a Bible study. So could you kind of add just to kind of the depth of what actual FCA is? Yeah, for sure. Totally what you just described, Shane, is probably what the majority of people anywhere, not just in Southern Illinois, but anywhere think of when they think of FCA. They think of a club at a school. And really, that's not what FCA is. It's not a club and a school. And so really, really brief history here. I don't want to get too off the deep end in all of this. But 1954, FCA became an an official organization. It started out um, by a a guy named Don McClannan, who was a collegiate basketball coach at a small school in Oklahoma. And he had this idea that he could pull younger kids to a camp in the summertime, bring in some professional athletes – and just try to ha- professional athletes who are believers, and just try to have these professional athletes influence these kids. And so, even from the beginning, it was about a group of people influencing another group of people for the kingdom of God. So anyway, it started out as a camp ministry, and it ran that way for a few years. And then eventually, um, and again, this is this is decades ago. You know, eventually there was this idea that well, wouldn't it be cool if these kids who come to an FCA camp in the summertime, when they all go back to school in the fall, if they had something FCA related? that they could connect with when they got there. So then the idea of huddles, which are just small groups of Bible study, prayer, encouragement going on in schools all over the place. The idea of huddles came up in the early 60s somewhere along the way. And so, and then for a long time, that's what FCA was. Very similar to what you're describing, Shane. It's, it's FCA camps and FCA huddles. And for decades, it just kind of trucked, around, trucked along that way. Um, somewhere along the way, it wasn't one particular moment in time or one particular situation, but along the way, there began to be this realization that – Coaches have enormous amounts of influence, enormous. More, I don't know that we can overstate how much influence that a coach has, good or bad. <laughs> we've seen it go both ways. Yeah, you know, we've sure. all had great coaches, we've had horrible coaches that influenced us positive ways and negative ways. Yep. You know, the influence is going to happen one way or the other. Uh-huh. So the, the question is, what kind of influence is that coach going to have on his or her athletes? And so as FCA as an organization began to realize that and to watch it happening, and we've all – those of us that have been involved in athletics, you know, we've seen it, we've experienced it. So how can we leverage that? You know, so this development over time within FCA of realizing that if we could go, and the phrase that we use is to and through the coach. And what we mean by to and through the coach, it's not that the coach 
is the gatekeeper to get to the athletes. That's true in many cases. But what if the coach could be the primary kingdom impactor for the athletes? So our, our, our approach, our vision, mission, strategy of ministry, all those kind of things began to shift and, and develop over several years of um, what if we could come alongside coaches who already have all this influence? They've already got a mission field laying right in front of them every single day of their life. What if we could come alongside these coaches and really help them grow in their, first of all, introduce them to Jesus if they don't have a relationship with Christ, and then help them grow in their relationship with Jesus to the point where they, they see their team and their athletes as their mission field, you know? And so way more than a 30-minute Bible study once a week, which, you know, most FCA huddles probably look similar to that, um, it's, it's every single day. It's on the sidelines. It's in the locker room. It's in the film room. It's on the, in, in the dugout and on the court and all those kind of things shaping and influence and you guys I'm sure talk about this all the time on the podcast here influence happens every moment of every day uh, now there are moments when it can become very very powerful bible studies things like that camps can be that for sure um, but what we our, our approach to some of those things as, as an organization has kind of shifted towards thinking of a camp or a huddle you know those, those huddles that are meeting in schools as the outcome of a discipled coach a coach that's that's serious about the relationship with Jesus, and so they want to see a huddle at their school. They want to see a camp in their community, and so then we as an organization come alongside and say, we can help you do that. We can help you set this up so that you're having that kind of influence. So that's the idea uh, of it all. Yeah, yeah it, it's kind of, um, you know, I know in the FCA world when we're, we're talking about where we're going and, and things that we need to do differently and all that stuff, we kind of – coin it the old FCA mentality compared to the new direction. Um, but, but really what we're talking about is all relational. And I think that th that's got to be the driving force of where we're going because, I mean, if you just look at the teaching of Jesus, it was all relational. Everything he was about was building relationships. And that's really why we're created is to be in relationship with God and relationship with other people. So it's taking that that idea of just having a weekly Bible study and spending your 30 minutes and then going about the day um, until you come back next week of helping coaches especially realize that every interaction that they have with their athletes is setting an example for Christ if if it's all lining up. And, and I think that's one big thing for me when, when I started coaching with Shane. It changed my perspective of what coaching was all about because, and we've talked about this before, that when when we first started to coach together, it was, well, this will be cool because two best buddies coaching basketball, having a good time, let's see how many wins we can get and all this stuff. And then it changed when you realize these kids are listening to everything that we're saying and they're watching everything that we're doing. So for me, I see such extreme benefit of the relational side of like, one, we can't compartmentalize our Christianity and the other things that we do in life. And I think that's one big thing where, uh, with what we're doing in FCA is trying to, to help coaches understand, like, if, if you're a believer, let's be about it, even in competition, where it's it can be very challenging to the way that we go about doing things, the, the characteristics that come to surface and things like that in the heat of the moment and stuff like that. Of If, if we're doing all of that, in a Christ-like manner, man, the amount of influence that you're going to have for a long time is, is it, we can't even comprehend that, to be honest. You know what I mean? Like, 
taking the the surface level and let's go deeper because of relationships. Yeah, yeah. You, so you, you, the days are short and life is like a vapor. So the opportunities that we have in front of us are r- really sh- short, comparative to inter- eternity, of course. You know, so um, and you talk about relationships. You know, when I think back on my spiritual development over the course of my life. I don't think about any particular program that changed me. What I think about are people, people that God used to shape me and develop me. So it, it definitely comes down to people along the way in anyone's journey. It doesn't matter who we're talking about. And so, um, and so I start to think about the athletic and you're right. You, you, you said something, you didn't say this exactly, but similar to this, that, and we've heard it said before, athletics reveals our, <laughs> our character and our intention. You know, you might think you're one thing and then all of a sudden you get in the heat of a moment with emotions flying out everywhere and all of a sudden what out of the overflow of the heart the mouth speaks, right? So whatever's inside you comes out. So you 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 have a dose of realism really quickly about why you're doing what you're doing, what's your why, you know, what's your purpose. And so anyway, in my mind and I feel like I tried to coach this way when I was coaching and and certainly see it now even from the from the backside of coaching looking back at it more so now than ever before. Uh, winning is always a goal. I mean, you want to win. Why are you involved in athletics if you don't want to win? You know, so there's nothing wrong with that desire and wanting to put some banners on the wall and all those kind of things. But there's way more things important than just that. That's a piece, but there's way, way more, way deeper purpose besides just that. So I really view things like athletic success, championships, winning, all those kind of things are opportunities for experiences for our team to have so that we can grow deeper in our relationships with one another and again have that kind of influence so that's not the goal that's a way to get to the goal of having this awesome experience with my team where we've had this moment of elation and we're winning and you know all that kind of stuff so that we can have the moment together you know yeah so it's still relationship absolutely and just to go back you know you talked about being there for the coaches and because it goes to and through the coach you know when we first started we you know, we referenced this earlier in a couple episodes was we knew we wanted to do something different. We just, we didn't necessarily know how or where. And, and speaking for myself in my walk, I was still, I still hadn't taken that big jump in, okay, I'm going all in. I'm, I'm still there. I know where I need to go and I want to go. I just wasn't there yet. And so instead of us trying to come up with stuff, we we went out and got a, a guy named Eric Drake who came in. And obviously we were all heavily influenced from Roger Life at that time. Um, but Bob, you know, you've done, you know, character coaching, you've 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 done chapels, you've you've done all those things with sports teams. And I think it was so important for us as coaches to have somebody like Eric because he developed our relationships. And if you look at the guys who are coaching on that team and what they're doing, you know, with me stepping into a new role, you got Brian Lars stepping into a new role, you got Justin who just stepped into a new role. You've got Marcus Clary, who's a youth pastor. You know, like, it, that, that was – if it wasn't for Eric stepping in and developing us and allowing us to develop ourselves, those kids, I don't think we ever would have got the same – I don't know what word to use, but we never would have went through what we went through if it wasn't someone pouring into us. Mm-hmm. And I think that is what is so important at the new direction of FCA is, is going to that coach because I lived it. I mean, I, I 100% lived the whole process, and and we got to see it full circle last weekend. You know, these kids throw a surprise party for me, and, you know, that was 10 years ago. 
but you get to see the relationship and how strong that is. But none of that would have happened, I don't think, if we would have just tried to do it on our own and done our but having that extra resource there of Eric, not just pouring in the kids, but pouring into us so that then we can pour into those kids. Mm-hmm. I think it just it it just it solidified exactly what you're talking about. And I think that was just a perfect example of this. And I don't know why I'm just now thinking of it 10 years later, but, <laughs> but that, I, I think that's what it was. It was him pouring into us and him and he, he was intentional with checking on us every day. Hey, how you doing? You know? And I think it was that it enabled us to, to do our job at the highest power, not our power, but the highest power possible. Hmm. That is such a good example of exactly what we're talking about with, with Eric, what we would call Eric in FCA world as a character coach, a team chaplain, something like that, you know, whatever you want to call him, but you could have easily, and, and now I'm, I'm hearing what you're saying, and I could see how it would have gone a different direction. You could have easily brought Eric in as the hired gun, the hired spiritual gun. Hey, go talk to our kids about some good stuff, you know. And he would have done that because he's a great guy and he'd done what you ask because it's always about the desire of the head coach when we're dealing with FCA type things. That would not have been as good because, again, you, you just described through this almost this dream team of coaches that have now been launched off into all these other arenas to have – multiplying impact you know if he had just come in as the spiritual hired gun to lead a little bible study with your kids once a week that would have there would have been benefit in that there's no question about that anytime god's word's involved there's benefit but this is more beneficial this is better because the influence is multiplied through you all as a coaching staff at that time and i and, and i'm a i'm a 100 firm believer in this that it me as the head coach it was my job to develop relationships with those kids because like you said if you just go out and hire somebody to do it and those kids form that relationship with him, and that's phenomenal. But in the fourth quarter, in the final 30 seconds of a sectional championship, he's not going to be in the huddle with them. Right. I am. Right. And they need to trust me, and I need to trust them. And so if it wouldn't have came through me, then that bond would not have been there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I am a firm believer that the head coaches need need to move some dirt every once in a while with their players because that's what develops the trust – they need to know that voice, just as we need to know the voice of the father. Those kids need to know the voice of their head coach when it's time to hear it. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think those moments are crucial. And like you said, if we would just let that go to Eric and they would have formed those bonds with him and then they're hearing me, but I don't know if they're listening to me. Yeah, right. Well, and again, you know, they could form some great relationships with someone who's a character coach or, or whatever, but it, it, it just stands to reason. Their depth of relationship with the coaches – it's going to be way deeper than the, than it is with someone that we bring in, and so, you know, again, it's been years now since I've coached. I'm still I still have football players that call me and ask me for life life in you know lessons, and I'm still officiating their weddings, and you know, uh, when they're getting married, and having kids, and those kind of things. They still fill me in, clue me in, allow me to be a part of their lives, and all those things, and that's because of my relationship with them as a coach, you, you know. So yeah, and. Not only that, what you said, Shane, but also if, if the coach is a believer, if, if we have a coaches that, that are Christ followers, it's back to what Justin said about compartmentalization and all that. Those kids need to know that that's a high priority for you as a coach, high enough that you bring them in on it. You love them enough to bring them in on the spiritual side of things. It's, it's, um, I, we have a staff person up in Iowa that shared this story. I'll share it really briefly that – that this this person was was before he was on staff with FCA he was a missionary in Turkey so a 
you know, very Muslim area and all those kind of things. And so they were doing evangelism, but they had to do it very, very carefully because of the influence of the Muslim culture there and all that. Long, long story short, there's someone he built a relationship with over a long period of time for the purpose of getting to the point eventually where he shares the gospel with this person. Finally, after a period of months, he felt comfortable, quote unquote, to be able to share the gospel with this, this, uh, per, you know, this person that was there. And after he shared it with him and the importance it was in his own life, the response was, if this was that important, why did you wait till now to tell me about it? Why did you wait eight months or however long it was before you told me about this most important thing in your life? So if translate that to us, you know, if it's the most important thing in my life to be a follower of Jesus Christ, how can I not, how can I not bring people into that conversation if it really is that important to me? I don't know if that makes sense or not. Oh, it absolutely does. And, and then when we look at, um, at, at our approach of to and through the coach for FCA, I, and I don't mean for the, I don't want this to sound the wrong way. And we've, I know we talk a lot about this, that we're not a youth ministry, um, that, it, it, you know, I think a, a lot of people see it as FCA, oh, that's a great program for the kids. And, and if you're one of those that, that hears that, don't, don't feel bad about that. It's not a bad thing because it is about the kids, but we're, we're talking about gospel ministry. We're talking about every single soul is desperately in need of a savior. So that doesn't matter if it's a, a 75 year old coach that's still coach. I don't know who's, well, I can think of a couple that are still coaching at 75. <laughs> so whether that's that person or it's, you know, fifth grader that is just now getting into competitive sports. So FCA isn't just about the kids. It's about the people in the sporting world and, and, our direction is with to and through the coaches, understanding that the coach is the one that's in a daily relationship with a lot of athletes. For us with FCA staff, we, can, we can't be in every school, in every program, every single day or even week. It's just not possible. We don't, there's not enough of us. But we can be in a lot of relationships with coaches that do have daily impact and those relationships with a lot of athletes. So like going back to the, the Eric Drake uh, reference there, that's what changed it for me. And I've, you know, I'm a preacher's kid and I've been in church my entire life, but it wasn't until I experienced someone like Eric in a sports setting that changed everything for me. And, and now, and you referenced all those guys on our coaching staff that, you know, Brian's about to come on FCA staff with us. And if it wasn't for me experiencing those things with Eric pouring into the coaches I don't know that I'd be sitting in this seat as an FCA staff member myself, but it opened up a world of discipleship, really, just in the way that we do life. And I think maybe a lot of people, when we talk about discipleship, there there can be a lot of, I don't know, blurred lines or however you want to say it of what is discipleship. And you said a while ago, you've never looked back on your past and been like, well, that was a really good program I went through. That was a, a pivotal point in my life. It was relationships and that's what discipleship is is relationships it's demonstrating your life in christ just in the way that you do life and that's what changed everything for me and that's why i think the direction that we're going with fca and to and through the coach there's such benefit in that direction yeah so the the mission statement the official mission statement for fca just like any other organization we have a vision statement and a mission statement our mission statement is to lead every coach and athlete into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ and his church. 
to lead every coach and athlete into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ and his church. Well, every is a big word. <laughs> that's a big word. Every means every. And so if, if that's really ever going to take place, it can't be FCA staff that are the, the cornerstone of the fulfillment of that mission. It, it, it has to be FCA staff coming alongside those who have influence and, and helping them grow in their relationship with Jesus so they become disciple makers themselves. And so it's that whole discipleship multiplication mentality. It can't happen outside of that. It really can't. Otherwise, you just have some FCA staff that are going around doing some really nice things, but we're really not having the impact that we really want to have if that's not, not the, the focus of it all, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. And, and I know, you know, people that maybe are affiliated and they, with us and they hear this a lot, but we hinge a lot of what we do off of what Billy Graham uh, was famously quoted in saying that a coach will impact more lives in one year than the average person does in a lifetime. And I, I, I absolutely agree with that. I've seen it from all angles, really, as a player, you know, I have relationships with coaches that I played for 20 years ago that are still extremely influential people in my life. As a coach, I've seen the relationships that I still have. Like, you know, you were just talking about those guys from 10 years ago now that now they're coming into their careers and they're wanting to do things the way that we've done them because they were a part of, and it's nothing to do with us. It's all Jesus but they've seen and experienced the benefits of that. And so now they're wanting to do the same thing. And from the, on the flip side, before I, when I left coaching, when our daughter was born, I stepped away and that was before FCA staff. And so I wasn't a coach and I, I can speak from that side of it too, that I went from coaching and all of those relationships that you're constantly developing to now I'm not a part of it. And now there's nothing. So just goes to show the 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 amount of influence that a coach has is more than what most people probably even realize yeah yeah so it's it, it, kind of what you were saying Justin our approach is much more strategic probably than some people would realize there's a strategy behind this and um and it's because we want to have as much impact as we can possibly have on the coaching world for for the kingdom you know even to the point of of when we're talking about bringing on staff, you've mentioned Justin even today. You know, obviously you're on staff now with FCA as an area rep. Brian Lars coming on staff as an area director. Um, you know, we're we're adding more staff within the organization of FCA than we've ever had before. We've ever added before, um, which is awesome. It's really awesome. But my, some might say, well, do you need that many staff? I mean, why why are you having multiple? You know. I mean, there's going to be three of us that are FCA staff, full-time FCA staff that all live within 10 miles of one another, you know. So do you really need that many guys to do what you're trying to do? You know, and the answer is we need more. We need more than that. And the reason is because of our relationship-driven discipleship strategy, our focus is discipleship. Um, it, because that's our, our strategy, um, we use this phrase, shrink to grow, as far as staffing is concerned with FCA. We want to shrink our staff's areas of coverage so they can grow depth of relationship within those areas. And so 30 years ago, if we'd have brought on a Justin Raby, he might have been given 35 counties in Southern Illinois, kind of the Roger Light days that you mentioned, Shane, where he's just trying to run around and get some huddles going and help some people have some camps. and Best you can, you know, but that's enormously too huge or too big for what we really want to do now. So that's why Justin's serving three counties in Southern Illinois. And that's really kind of what we want to see because 
because of our strategy. It's on purpose. You know, it's, it's this, this idea that we want to build relationships with coaches and athletes and really help, really help them grow, not just have a great program, you know. And let's, uh, let's talk about that. You know, you, you said you're going from <clears throat> very large groups now to small, which, you know, it's, it's hard to disciple. It's hard to form relationships in big groups. You know, and starting with FCA, it was always a big group setting. Hey, let's come together once a week. There's a lot of people there. It was fun because it was a social thing, but there wasn't a whole lot of depth to it. And, and like you talked about it, you know, from large groups and narrowing it down to small groups. So um, in that new direction, can we, can we talk about how we're, we're going, not necessarily from the, the large group, and not that the large group is a bad thing, but for discipleship purposes, we need to take a smaller approach, just like you know, like you said, Roger's serving the entire southern tip of, of of Illinois, just trying to get things going. But but now Justin is focusing on literally a handful of districts and really developing not just a huddle group, but huddle groups within a school district. So can you kind of elaborate yeah, on that? Definitely. I'll try not to soapbox here, okay? Um, although that's kind of what you do on a podcast, right? Go, go ahead and soapbox. <laughs> well, like I told you last week, we had a we we, we had our right. uh, our uh, quarterly staff meeting here last week. I think it was last week, week before. And Bob has a tendency to when he gets going on a soapbox. <laughs> his face. I don't know if that's good or bad, but yeah, I got this vein in my forehead yeah. right here, and it, it starts out all the time anyway, but it really starts yeah. to bulge. His face gets red when he gets you know going, and and so when I was asking him about doing this, I was like kind of what you were talking about there and he's like i'm sorry i didn't mean to get worked up i'm like no that's exactly what we want we, because when you get going like we want to make sure we're casting the vision pretty broadly so yeah, yeah. so yeah go well, ahead and soapbox so this is very much i think in my opinion um, a western civilization thing we always think bigger is better yeah the more people in the room the more you know people in the seats uh, you know and so you know it, it's kind of a semi-jokingly in the in the church ministry world, you know, when you ask somebody, how's things going at your church? The first thing they're going to re react with is, What's well, we're running about 400 people. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, I didn't ask you how many people you had. I just want, you know, but that's where our mind goes automatically. And again, it's not, I'm not being judgmental about that because we're all that way to some degree. Oh yeah. You know, um, how's the weight room going, Shane? Well, we got a guy benching 300 pounds, you know, I only got two guys in there, but you know, <laughs> no, I know we got a, a really good weight program going on at Ben High School right now. So I mean, that's my point is it, are, we automatically think bigger is better. And so a, the idea of a room full of high school kids, 50 high school kids in a weekly Bible study. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's, that's not, I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but if you could erase everything that you think, you know, and, and just strategically think through if I were going to change my area, let's just start with my area. Let's start with my campus. If I were going to change my campus for the kingdom of God, or if I were going to see this campus change for the kingdom of God, how would I go about doing that? What strategy would I use? I mean, you could go stand on top of a cafeteria table and start preaching during lunchtime if you wanted to. And I'm not saying that's, you know, totally ineffective, but probably it's not very effective. So how would I go about it? How would I go about it? When I think through, the dynamics of that, the thing that comes to my mind first, and again, for us in FCA, we're in the lane of sports. So I'm not saying that's the only lane that there is. There's obviously a lot of ministry lanes, but for us, we think in terms of sports. When I think of, of how I might go about doing that, I see a ready-made strategy already in front of me, and that is the team. The team. The basketball team. Or the softball team. Or the cross-country team. Or the volleyball team. And so... If I really wanted to have impact, now if I wanted to 
Mm. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> if, 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 I, if I wanted to have a nice picture to put on my newsletter and show the world what FCA is all about, I would take a picture of 50 kids in a room with a dude standing in front of them speak, speaking about Jesus. But if I really wanted to have serious impact, I'd go behind closed doors with no camera and no pizza, and I would pull that team together, and I would just build relationships with that small group of people that are together every single day. They're not together once a week for 30 minutes. They're together every single day for two or three hours. And during season, it's probably six days a week at least, right? Um, I, I, and their coaches. And the inf, inf, again, as we've already talked about, the influence that those coaches are having on those kids every single day of their lives. And, I mean, we're in the summertime phase now. So you're seeing those athletes every day, Shane, and all, every, all the other high school coaches are as well. They get their 25 days in the summertime, you know, with the contact days and all that. So that's the strategy that I would – again, if I could erase everything from my mind and just start from what I think works, that's a ready-made mission field. Because they've already got relationships with one another. They hopefully already have trust built with one another and with the coach. Um, they already have a schedule, just logistically speaking, built in. They're meeting every day, you know, uh, for their practice or whatever it is they're doing, training, that kind of thing. And, uh, and you know, as I'm thinking about a coming season, you know, the, the season is coming up. So the next season for us now will be the fall. So you'll have cross country and volleyball and high school football and all those things going on. Um, the season's coming. I know there are going to be highs and lows, emotional moments, and all those kind of things. Those are those even those those develop deeper opportunities for kingdom impact because those highs and lows and all those things are coming. Well, the multi the old multi sport huddle, and again, those are still happening everywhere, and we we're going to continue to use them in FCA. So I don't want to give the impression that those are going away. We're not going to do those anymore because there's a benefit in those too. But again, if I'm just thinking about effectiveness of strategy how to really change a campus, and I'm going to do it one life at a time, the team to me is a ready-made model for that to be able to happen. And so over the last few years, we've seen some of that. We certainly don't have that happening on a grand scale across the state of Illinois or even southern Illinois, but we've seen that kind of pop up in some places and become really, really effective, really effective. Because, again, of all those things I've already described, that it's, to me, a ready-made – and, again, the, the X factor there is a coach – who loves Jesus and wants to have kingdom impact on his his or her players. You know, that's the X factor in the team approach. Yeah, that and that is the the, the big thing. And you said, you just mentioned, um, you, you know, just that having that person that is, they're about it. Like they know why they're doing what they're doing. And you know, I'll tell this story and I hope it's okay. But <laughs> like you told me, go for it, man. Yeah. Say whatever's on your mind. But uh, you know, Shane just started a new role in a new high school. Doesn't really know a lot of the kids yet, and what four days in, and this just goes to show that you know we we go back to the not compartmentalizing our Christianity and and other things. But because Shane knows what he's about, and he's put it out there, and he he consistent consistently lives it even though he's the first to admit, you know, shortcomings and mistakes and stuff like that, which I think honestly goes into being more impactful when we're able to be that raw. But because he is who he is in Christ and he knows what he's doing and why he's there four days into a new job and a new school already has a student reaching out who's a believer and wanting, basically wanting his support of, how can I deal with some of the things that I deal with in high school as a believer? And, and how do I go about that? And that's a, a, a brand new relationship that's just being formed. Um, so 
it kind of falls into that. That's an aspect of discipleship that we're not going to put on a newsletter or blast on social media. You know what I mean? Like, but that, that interaction is, I would say much more impactful for the long run than our big group Bible study, because it was a direct one-on-one. This is, I need help here. And I know I can come to you, even though I barely know you type of situation. And that's, that is FCA ministry right there. Yeah. Right. And, And I'll even take it a step further than that, because as I said, there's still a place for what we would call a multi-sport huddle, where it's, it's you know kids from all over the school, they're, they're on different teams and that type of thing, they're coming together. Where that works the best, the very best, is when you have teams, coaches, who are impacting their players for the kingdom, team by team by team, and then those kids want to have impact on the rest of their own campus. And so when you have a student-led huddle, which is how we want our huddles to be designed anyway, where these kids see the huddle, you know, the high school athlete, for example, sees the, the multi-sport huddle as their opportunity to influence the lives of some other students in their school. Man, that's, that's a beautiful thing. This past year, um, Carbondale High School had a, a, a multi-sport huddle again after a couple of years with COVID and all that kind of thing like everybody else has gone through. So they fired it back up again, very much instigated, implemented, and started by a couple of students. And uh, they met it at Mary Lou's Cafe on the Strip, which is, you know, a, a nice little spot in Carbondale. And they met there, I, forget, I think it was on Thursday mornings, if I remember right, Tuesday or Thursday mornings. And this group of students come together, and um, they had a, 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 a staff member at the high school that kind of helped them get things rolling. But I'm, I'm telling you, it's about as student-led as I've ever seen a huddle to be led. And, um, and, and throughout, the, throughout the course of the year, those couple of high school athletes that were really instrumental in getting the thing going would message me every once in a while and say, hey, Here's what we're doing, and do you have one of you know asking for some resources, like you said, Shane, some of those kind of things. So that became a way for those high school students to have impact on other high school students. That's an awesome thing. And again, the influence of a coach, that's the two and through the coach part. You know, the influence of a coach trickles down to athletes ministering to athletes, which again, they're called the discipleship just like the rest of us are, you know. So. Yeah, and earlier you mentioned about like our camp ministry and stuff like that. And it plays right into what you're talking about with the student-led stuff. You know, next week we'll have our Franklin County camp and, and our power camp. It's for fifth through eighth graders. Um, but our huddle times, our devotional times are led by high school and, and college age huddle leaders. And for this one in particular, there's a large number of huddle leaders that come from Cesar High School that were influenced by Shane and the things that he was doing there. And, and there's a, there's a, a large number of other kids from the area too. I don't want to just pigeonhole those kids, but because you're in the room, we can talk about that. But either way, it is that, you know, taking the mentality of having camp and camps are a great thing, but now we can, we can really focus in on helping put student athletes into a leadership position. And now they're becoming the disciple makers and giving them a chance to, you know, walk them through the process of, of how they can do it. And one, I think it's a, a big empowerment moment of you can do this. We'll help you through it and you can do it here. But then once they do it there, I think a lot of times the, the switch gets flipped of, well, that wasn't that bad. It's not, that's not too hard. I can do this in other areas of life too. 
Yeah, that's a great point. So, you know, the, the camp next week, and we just actually finished a, a camp, a power camp in Massac County um, this week. And then the Franklin County camp is at the end of this month. There's one in Carbondale coming up in mid-July. So these camps are happening around, uh, you know, Greenville and Effingham and some other places around southern Illinois. And um, those kids that come as campers, they're going to have a great – it's going to impact their lives. There's no doubt in my mind about it. And, and, and that's why we do it, of course. But – I'm as excited about the high school and collegiate huddle leaders as I am about the campers coming because, again, it's exactly what we're talking about. It's the multiplication of ministry. And, and, and like you just described, Justin, these huddle leaders that come in for camp that are high school and, and collegiate athletes, it, it's a fairly easy way to step into beginning the process of trying to impact other people for the kingdom. You know, this, we pretty well kind of scripted out a little bit for them, and it's, it's shorter time frames, you know, and those kind of things. And so it's a good entry level into how they could have kingdom impact. My hope is, my prayer is that, like you said, that they experience that over a couple of days at camp, and then they, they realize, okay, what my hope is that it sends them on a, down a different path, a, a journey in their own life of leadership development and um, looking for ways for for themselves to be able to continue to have impact. Maybe that means when they get back to their high schools and, and colleges, maybe they're they're involved in leading at some level or something like that, you know. But, I, again, I'm as excited about those huddle leaders having that opportunity as I am about the kids that are going to be impacted by them. And you're right because, you know, I can think back in my own life of, of going to Greenville University and working, you know, Rogers Leadership Camp. Um, you know, I'm 21 years old, just got finished my first year, you know, at, down at SIU, and, and now I'm, I've got these kids with me. Well – I wasn't very good baseball player, but I had an SIU shirt, so they they thought very highly, you know, of me, and it was completely wrong. But but they thought because of that position, and these little kids think highly of these high school kids too. But it was the first time where I had to step into that role and be a teacher and lead and make sure they had the lights off and make sure they go, you know, and it was such a growing process for me. And like Justin just mentioned, it was I remember when camp was over, I'm like okay, I, I can do this. And, and it was kind of a starting point, kind of a, you know, kind of propelling moment uh, in my life in leadership it was, you know, FCA set the table for me. I just had to walk in and, and, and do it. And it was so beneficial for me in my walk. And I, and I still think back to those moments of being, I mean, I'm an introvert. I'm, you know, I, I, I don't like to get out of my shell very much, but I was forced to. And it was that moment when it was like, okay, I can do this, you know. And there were many moments after that that, you know, I still had to grow through, but that was the starting point. And so, you know, you're right. Camp, camp is huge, and everybody thinks we put it on for, for all the kids. And, and once again, that's where we're throwing a ton of seeds. But those who are leading those camps, that's where maturity starts to happen. Yeah, right. We, we use the phrase a lot amongst our staff. We want to give the ministry away. I was about to say uh, that. So. And, and, uh, which is the heart of discipleship. It's, in my opinion – discipleship isn't discipleship until it's a second generation discipleship process. Does that make sense? So I could lead, I could teach you the Bible. I could lead you in Bible study, but until you go do it with someone else, I haven't discipled you yet. I've just taught you some stuff out of the Bible. To me, there's a difference. And so we want to give the ministry away in a sense of, of not just allowing, but, but creating environments for others to step into leading and, and and having kingdom impact in the lives of other people, which is really, again, that's the sort of the backbone of FCA ministry. It's the two and through the coach. Eventually, and maybe this is to the point right now, but eventually what we want to see really within the FCA ministry, just within our own little organization, 
We want to see the key disciple maker to be the coach. Coaches all over Southern Illinois discipling other coaches and their athletes. Not FCA staff doing being the, the key disciple maker. We want to see eventually the, the coaches and athletes doing that with other people, you know. And we're just coaching them along in how to do it, providing ways, environments like camps and huddles and all these things, team huddles, all that kind of stuff, uh, for them to be able to step in and do those things. But, again, we want to give the ministry away. Yeah, so uh, on that thought um – you know, I think before we wrap up here in a little bit, we we do need to mention the E3 model of, of what FCA is. And when I say E3, that means that's kind of our, are we calling that method or strategy? Strategy. Now? Strategy, strategy now. Okay. There's been some terminology change, so I'm trying to make sure I use the right one. So the E3 strategy of discipleship is the, the three E's being engaging, equipping, and then empowering coaches and athletes. So we engage with the relationship. That's where any form of discipleship is going to start is building a relationship. It's again, God can do anything that he wants to, but I don't know that it's ever really been a a beneficial way or impactful way of just walking up saying, Hey, I'm Justin, I'm with FCA. Let me disciple you. You know, like that, that's probably not going to go anywhere. I've been a Christian a long time and I would not accept that from somebody. (laughs) They walked up and said that to me. Right. Yeah. Uh, So, so we engage and we, we just want to build a relationship first. As that builds, then we can naturally move into what we call equipping environments, which is what we're talking about, going through a discipleship process, Bible studies, other bits of resources and and courses and curriculum that we have within FCA, and and really just walking the Christian life together and demonstrating that and, and doing that together. And then as that grows, then the empowering portion comes to what we're talking about of of putting coaches and athletes into a position to where now they're going through that process with other people. So from a, from a method side, that's kind of the approach. But when you're talking about ideally for Southern Illinois or for, well, for Illinois, uh, that's what we want to see is coaches and athletes discipling and we're giving the ministry away. So, you know, I think that could bring up a question for some people of like, well, well then what's the FCA staff doing? Well, when we launch you out, now you're doing it. Now we get to go start new relationships with other coaches because there's always going to be new coaches coming in and other athletes. And, you know, it's just a cycle. So we want to get to the empowerment point, launch you out, and we're still here for your support, for resources, ongoing, whatever you need. But now we get to focus our time with some new people and develop new relationships and start the cycle over again. Until we get to every we got plenty to do, yeah. <laughs> and we haven't gotten yeah. anywhere near every year. Right. Just so you guys know, yeah, yeah. yeah. We so the FCA, <laughs> FCA. We are the king of abbreviations and acrostics. <laughs> Even our name, you know, <laughs> is an abbreviation. Uh, so we use this this mall M A W L kind of acrostic model, assist, watch, launch. That's kind of the process that we want to be in. We want to model it for you. Then eventually, as we give it away, we want to assist you in it. Eventually, we want to step back and watch you do it with eventually the idea being we're going to launch you out. Go do it, man. Take off, you know. And, and like you said, we'll be there to, to coach you along and encourage you and resource you and those kind of things. But this is your ministry, you know. So that, that just kind of co- confirms what you're saying there, Justin. You did a great job, by the way, explaining E3. That's really, really good. Oh, thank you. you did do a good job. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that's – you want to go now? Well, real quick before, before we move into just kind of wrapping up, a small pivot, but still FCA. 
I think it's important for people to, to realize that this isn't just an Illinois thing or a USA thing. So, um, if you don't care to go into a little bit of a dive into FCA international and really the, the worldwide impact of FCA. Yeah, that's really good. I'm glad you asked that. And, and again, we could spend a lot of time talking about that, but I'll try to give you just the, the brief version of it. So, uh, we are a global organization and have been for a long time, but the global side of FCA just continues to grow. So we are now in the last I, I, I count I saw, I think there's FCA staff in 105 countries around the world. So, which is just amazing, it just blows my mind. And um, even to the point where, you know, anytime you have growth of something, it doesn't matter what we're talking about, structure usually follows because you have to have some ways to structure some things. So, We've, we've organized the global FCA ministry into some structure where each region in the United States, we are in the Midwest region in FCA world in Illinois, each region of, of the United States is partnered with another region around the world somewhere so that we have opportunity to build relationships with the FCA staff there and resource one another and help one another and those kind of things. So we in the Midwest region are partnered with Eurasia, for example. Eurasia would basically be the old Soviet Union. It's Russia. It's the Ukraine. It's all the stands, Uzbekistan and Kyrgyzstan and all those countries. And all those countries used to make up the Soviet Union are now what we would call Eurasia. And we are partnered with Eurasia in the Midwest region. So we've been intentional about building deeper relationships with those staff, for example. And every region of the country is doing that with someone. And so the, the vision, the mission, and the strategy of ministry is the same all across the globe. They're trying to do the very same things in Kazakhstan that we're trying to do in Illinois. It's much more difficult for them in a lot yeah. of ways. Yeah. Um, and so um, you know, we have a, a, a full-time staff person there. His name is – probably shouldn't say what his name is. Right. We have a full-time <laughs> staff person there. And uh, anyway, um, it, 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 so it, it, it's, a, it's continuing to grow, continuing to develop across the globe in some of those ways. But it's just awesome to watch God do that. Well, and I think um, on that, because we, we don't need to say a name – because the the fourteen listeners that we have here <laughs> <laughs> might might hit twenty with we this. Don't want that we don't. Yeah. Well, and we, in all seriousness, but, we have to be really careful but, about those. But no, that things. really is the point. And, and like for for uh, as an organization, we're one hundred percent donor funded, and that that can be a daunting thing um, to do to raise your support to do this ministry full time. But then when you realize that someone in that area of the world is doing the same thing but here in here in Christian America it, it, you know we think we have it tough where yeah. it's 90% muslim in a different different area of the world right. try try to raise your salary in a country that's 90% yeah. muslim i mean or you know, just or just to to do ministry yeah. um I mean that's probably even the the, the harder challenge right, because right. you don't know what could happen if you get caught and and so I think for me coming on staff that was a big eye opener I didn't realize that this is local mission work for me in small town southern Illinois where it's comfortable and things are easy and then there's other people across the world doing the same thing where they're putting their neck on the line every day for the same cause so yeah yep. all right. Well, Shaner, uh, why don't you ask the last question today? Last question. All right, Bob. So every every guest we have come on, we ask them this question. So, so here's it: when you wear many hats in your life, and you have wore many hats, you know, husband, father, minister, coach, boss. So when we take off all the hats, when everything is stripped down, who is Bob Panky? 
I love that you guys asked this question. That's really, really good because obviously you, we, we talked earlier about your why and, and you know, those kind of things. And you have to, you have to be defined by something, you know, um, so I, I, I'll go into, I'll just mention a couple of things. Pro- probably could take that a bunch of different directions. I, I was reading this week in the New Testament where Paul is going through his um, his religious history. You know, I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews, uh, you know, a Pharisee, know the Bible in and out, you know, all these things that he's accomplished, quote unquote, in his life. He gets to the end of the whole list and he says, all of it is is dung. It's It's trash compared to this. I want to know Christ. I want to know Christ. I don't want to do a bunch of Jesus things. I don't want to do a bunch of church things. I don't want to do a bunch of religious things. I want to know Christ. I'm not saying I'm great at that, but I can't think of a better why for my existence. You know, is I, I want to know Christ. And along with that comes... You know what does he have for me in my life, and, and discerning the leadership of the Holy Spirit in my life, and hearing God's voice, and all those things that we could talk a lot about. But I, I, that may be oversimplified a little bit, but that experiential, firsthand, personal fellowship with Jesus—that's uh, that's who I want to be. Maybe that's a better way of saying it. that's what I want to be my highest priority. Um, so I don't know if that's. What you were looking for, or if that's, you know, I, I would ask, add one little thing to it, um, because this was pivotal for me. Um, I start, I, I, this was back in, I don't even know what year this would have been, 2010, 11, 12, somewhere along in there. I had already started coaching high school football, was not on staff with FCA. Um, and I felt like I go through this little process at the end of every calendar year. I don't really do New Year's resolutions because I'm horrible at keeping them, but I, I do kind of go through an evaluation process at the end of every calendar year. Okay, Lord, what, what should I learn from? What do you want me to learn from this experience this year? Where are you sending me this next year? So I kind of go through that every year. In some years, it's very dramatic and it's an awesome experience. And sometimes it's kind of like, eh, okay, whatever, you know. Well, this particular year, I was going through that process of praying through that and thinking through that. And the, the, the term, the, the thought, influence the influencers. This was, a boy, again, before I was on staff with FCA, before I knew what two and through the coach was, before I knew what any of that stuff was, influence the influencers. I felt like that was God's instruction for my life. Sort of a, a purpose statement, so to speak, a little bit. So from that p- point, I really tried to be extremely intentional about doing that in whatever way I could figure out how to do that. Who are the influential people? Not because they're more important than anybody else, but because there's more potential for impact here, mm-hmm. you know? So who can I find that's influential? And then what can I do to, to influence them towards Jesus so that we see the kingdom of God continue to grow? And then, again, it was a few years later that I get involved as staff with FCM and realize that's what we're doing every single day is trying to influence <laughs> the influencers, you know? Uh, so it really became a calling, if you want to call it that, um, on my life. So I'd say, I'd say those two things kind of working in conjunction together. No, I think that's a... A phenomenal answer, and, and we talked about this last week of the importance of intimacy with Jesus, you know, and taking that time, and and kind of what you said there to start. I, I don't I don't think you get to the influence the influencers if you didn't have that intimacy with Jesus. Yeah, you know that's I mean? exactly right. And and, yeah. and because of that, you were able to hear and discern, and now, you know, yeah, yeah, it, that's it, good. As we're you know, he set the table for you to to walk right through this, and I, I think that's a. That's a phenomenal, phenomenal thing. Mm. Yep, great way to to finish. Um, 
and, and that's the whole reason why we are doing this because we want we believe in in the message of of everything that we're talking about and that's what we want to hopefully you know just put it out there and hopefully it lands on people that need to hear it so with with that <clears throat> just to wrap it up the last thing that we always ask for anybody that is listening the only fee that we charge to listen to the show is that you um, share the show that you shoot it over in a message to somebody that maybe needs to hear it um, share it on your social media um, you know whatever it is that uh, that you've got going there uh, if we've made you think a little bit about something if maybe uh, experience some encouragement you know got a laugh out of something whatever it is if it was beneficial to you in any way we just ask that you share the show around and uh, hopefully as many people as possible can hear it and uh, you know with this one in particular understand that there is a lot of depth to what we're doing in the fellowship of christian athletes and uh, just ask that you pray that the ministry in uh, southern illinois illinois and, and then across the globe continue to grow and that we are able to influence the world for jesus christ so yeah, and so remember, our, our sole purpose is we you know, we want to help as many people as possible, and we want to connect people. You know, there a lot of times people want to you know feel like they're alone and kind of in isolation, and, and and this this show is to help connect all those. But I also like to add, just because I'm the only one who doesn't work for FCA, that if you would like to find more information about FCA or you would like to to join uh, their home teams and be donors and support the mission that you've heard today. Uh, please reach out to Justin. Please reach out to Bob, and they will they will get you in contact with that because I am a firm believer because I am a product of FCA. So uh, I greatly appreciate what you two do every day because 20 years ago I was that kid that needed you. So I thank you guys, and uh, I'm glad you can't see my eyes right now. <laughs> but please reach out to them. Please, uh, please help support a uh, phenomenal cause because there is no greater platform than sports in our country and uh and then through that platform we can allow kids to know jesus and 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 show them the love that they deserve and uh show them a world that they don't even know that's even out there so thank you guys and uh thank you for listening please share the show and we'll see you later